0: Thank you for making this a priority this Sunday morning. I know many of you have been praying for the global events that we just see on our television. I just wanted to just give you a bit of an update. One of the uh, team members that serve uh, with the district leadership team, Dave and Marilyn Laffer, they served in Israel for... Uh, many years before uh, coming back to the States. And uh, I was with David um, earlier this week and um, asked just for a bit of an update from his perspective on some of the things uh, in Israel. Uh, I wanted you to know that as the Alliance, we have a, a number of workers that are living In that area. From the United States, and it's an international team. So from the United States, we have two couples and we have a single person there. We may have one more newly appointed couple. I'm not sure of that. But we also have others that are from Holland, from Germany, from mainland China, from Peru. And the Lord has called from the larger Alliance family to come and serve there in that part of the world one of the challenges is is that in this crisis we have not extracted our international workers from that and it's always challenging because often is why don't you pull our people out where they can be safe but anytime you're in a uh, part of the world and there's a crisis if you leave in the middle of the crisis It just reduces trust because you can go, but I can't. And so as far as I'm aware, our international workers are still um, in place. They um, move with caution, and they live with caution. Um, David received uh, an email from uh, one of our... um, Alliance pastors there, saying last week he awoken to the air raid sirens. And he said that wasn't unusual because they often hear that. But clearly on that Saturday, it was much more. Uh, The church normally meets on Saturday. There's a six-day work week, and it's just a pragmatic uh, thing because that is a day of no work. Um, for people that are born in that particular area, um, both men and women, once they finish high school, have to uh, work with active service uh, in the military. So um, when we see these reservists being called up, that's just very common. Um, there are 11 recognized Christian communities in that area. And when you think of the millions that are there, the body of believers is still relatively small. And so I would ask, even as you pray, that you bear in mind that there are both Jewish believers in Christ and there are Palestinian believers in Christ. At one gathering, the prayer or the, um, it was noticed in the gathering as um, they had just taken inventory. It was a, was a mixed gathering. It was a mixed gathering of both Jewish uh, and Arab believers together. And w- all of a sudden, they came to an awareness that every Jewish believer in that gathering had served as a guard, as a prison guard. And then every Arab believer that was present had spent time as a prisoner. And the irony that in Jesus Christ, here were those that just were in opposite experiences but in Jesus they have come together. So as you pray, um, pray as the Holy Spirit leads you. We pray for peace. But would you also ask the Lord that he would guard your own heart? When we see images that we, we cannot process, it's a very easy to allow hate to grow up in our own heart and yet for every person that walks on this globe christ died That's right. and it is almost impossible for you and i to share the love of jesus christ with somebody that we despise or that we hate And if you're like me, you realize that it's not within my own strength because I do want to respond. I do want to react. The, the things that I see and the justice that wells up in me, I do want to respond that way. And yet at the same time, it's not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So Jesus, may my response reflect Jesus Christ. The Scriptures tell us to guard our hearts. So even in these difficult days in which we live, may the the Lord guard your heart. May he guard your heart as you intercede for peace. But may he also guard your heart as you say, Lord, never let it grow hard to those that don't know Jesus Christ, whatever the behavior may be. For Lord, you died for all men. I wanted to share that with you because I know you've been praying, and may this help you as you continue to bring these needs before the Lord. Well, it is ten ten. We've got about twenty minutes, and uh, I love it. Yes, look at your look at your watches, look at the clock. I actually have a clock back here on the screen. Sometimes that means something. A lot of times it doesn't. But today we're going to see if it can mean something. We've been on this theme of abiding, and you've heard messages from uh, two of your pastors on this theme. Today, we're going to talk about abiding, but looking at it through the matter of prayer, abiding in Christ through prayer. It's an unusual text that we have read this morning. But I wanted to anchor our thoughts actually in the context of an example of somebody that learned how to abide in the presence of God through prayer. And Moses serves such a, as a wonderful example to that. Many of you have known Christ for many years. Many of you have gone through a number of experiences in your life with him. And abiding in Christ is a very familiar experience for you. And for many of you, it's a lifestyle. But I believe that God has something special for us this morning. Let us pray. Oh, God. We confess that as we read the news, as we see the images on television, that um, anxiety and anxiousness grows in our own heart. But, Lord, you sit on the throne, you rule, and you reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. And, Lord, your heart is grieved as well. And so we lift up this prayer with one voice. And Lord, we say, come Holy Spirit. Would you move not only in the conflicts of the Middle East. Lord, would you move in the conflicts in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America, in our own country, here in the United States. Oh Lord, our desire is for your return. But Lord, you are lingering out of your patience and out of your desire that you're not willing that any should perish. So, oh, Holy Spirit, would you do what only you can do? The scriptures say that when Jesus is lifted up, when He simply lifted up, that he himself will draw men and women and children to himself. So, Lord, sovereign God, would you be at work? Would you strengthen our faith? Would you give us hope in desperate days? And, Lord, would you allow your people to be people of compassion and people of gratitude? Lord, lead us during these few moments as we look at your word. In Christ's name we ask, amen. You remember the story of Moses as he was out and about and he sees this burning bush and he is amazed that the bush is on fire and yet it is not consumed by the fire. And so he goes and he sees this bush, but actually he realizes it's an encounter with the living God. And there is this exchange that Scripture records for us in Exodus 3 between the Lord and Moses. The Scripture say that Moses heard his name. And he even responded by saying, here I am. And then the voice says, but don't come any closer. In fact, take off your sandals for where you're standing is holy ground. And the Lord goes on to say, I've seen the misery of my people and I have a mission for you. I want to use you, Moses, to deliver my people. It's interesting as this exchange is continuing between the Lord and Moses as what happens. And here we see the reluctantness of Moses and the excuses that come up from that interaction. His <clears throat> inadequacies, Scripture gives us the privilege to show the soul of those that it tells its stories to help us tell our story. It's easy to lift up these characters and say, "Ah, they were superhuman. I cannot identify. And yet Moses was so caught up with a false identity. He was so caught up by defining himself simply by himself and his limitations. He couldn't see the power of the Lord even when he is interacting with the one who said to him I am who I am after all this interaction we get to chapter 4 and Moses actually concludes from this time with the Lord what a what an interaction He actually says, I love the offer, but no. Can you send somebody else? Have you felt that way? Have you felt that way when it comes to that which the Lord asks of you? You feel that prodding in your heart. But all you do is define the ability by your own inability, by your weakness, by your limitations. Even with that resistance in Moses, because the scriptures tell us in chapter 4, verse 14, the Lord's anger burned against Moses. But he stayed in that relationship with Moses. He wasn't pleased with him, but he didn't abandon him. when we think in this subject of abiding in prayer, can I say to you that the scriptures tell us that we can truth tell to the Lord in our prayers? Even truth tell from a point of resistance. The Lord was able To take that. Truth telling often is the hardest thing for you and I to do. It is often that which is most uncomfortable between teenagers and parents. It's often most uncomfortable between husband and wife. It's often most uncomfortable between each other, even you and I. Because it comes under that cloud, well, if they knew the real story. If you knew the real me, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't want to be with me. Lord, if you knew the real me, I can't talk, I don't do things well, I'm, you really don't want me to be your person. God was taking Moses to a place where Moses, it is not about you, but it's about me. Can we just jump? from this early part of Moses' journey into what we read as our text for today in Exodus chapter 34. Just prior to that, in Exodus 33, there is this interaction between the Lord and Moses. And look, and the and, and Moses asks the Lord, "If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways that I may know you and find favor and remember that this nation is your people why What a change! Chapter three to chapter thirty three we see movement in Moses, we see that there is a change, and that change has come from his abiding with the Lord. And those constant conversations. Somebody once looked at the life of Moses and tried to count the number of prayers. In the hundreds, abiding in prayer. Staying, lingering, not moving, constantly with, abiding in prayer. Moses came to a time in his journey where what he wanted the most was the presence of God. He came to that place with despite all that he had experienced, all that he had seen, Lord, the one thing I want, go with me. Be present with me. And so, in chapter 34, after Moses had chiseled out the two stone tablets like the first one, and he had gone up to Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord commanded him, and he carried those tablets in his hand. The Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with Moses and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses. Proclaiming, and this is what I want you to hear as we Abide with the Father. As we remain with him, we come to know who he is. And this is what the scriptures tell us. As the Lord passed in front of Moses, can you imagine this experience? And he heard the Lord, the Lord the compassionate and gracious God. Some of us here today, we do not know the Lord as gracious and compassionate. He heard slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness. When I heard the news last week, this is where the Lord took me in the scriptures. That so great is our God, so great is his love that he forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Oh, do you see the reaction? Do you see the reaction of Moses? He bowed and he worshiped. An encounter with the living Lord. As I've shared a number of times, Marcia and I had lived in Southeast Asia, and uh, particularly in one country for almost 20 years. And one of the uh, opportunities that I've taken while there, I have gone to the various grave sites of those that have gone before us. And I remember in the city of Makassar on the island of Sulawesi, there is an unkept cemetery, but there's two gravestones. One is of Robert Jaffrey, and right beside him is Russell Dibler. Russell Dibler was one of the first Alliance international workers that brought the gospel into the interior of current-day Papua, but then it was called Irian Jaya. But he met a girl, her name was Darlene, Darlene May McIntosh. And when Russell and Darlene met, they fell in love, and at 19, she said, I do, to Russell. Russell was 11 years older than her. If you read a story of Darlene, most of the stories will start with this verse. Remember one thing, dear. God said he would never leave us or forsake us. That was Russell quoting a promise from the word of God. But that was the last sentence that Darlene ever heard her husband say. Because as she entered back into that interior island with her husband, It wasn't long, she at the age of 25, World War II happened. And the Japanese, after they had bombed Pearl Harbor within 90 days, had moved all the way through Southeast Asia to taking possession even of those islands where she and her husband were. Her husband said that to her and they were separated. She never heard or saw him again. Several years later, she'd received word that her husband, Russell, had died. As you read her story, she says that she reflected, and she often prayed on Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. I remain confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. She prayed that all those years as she was moved from prison to prison to prison. Abiding. Abiding. In the Lord. She read and she rehearsed in her mind those memorized verses from Psalm 91 The Lord is my refuge. No harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. (laughs) She was in disaster, and yet she's still rehearsing the promises of the Lord. Psalm 91, for he will command his angels concerning you and guard you in all your ways. When Darlene had received word that her husband died, it was right at the end of the war. She went back to the United States, and there, after a few years, she met another man named Gerald Rose. And the Lord granted his favor and permission for the two of them to be married. And she went back with her husband, served decades in Southeast Asia. I share her story with you as an example of somebody that said, I cry out out of my honest, truth-telling self of the pain and the, of the circumstances that she found herself in, and yet she found God faithful. She found him faithful all her years. Can I conclude with this challenge to you? In the New Testament, Jesus was asked, Teach us to pray. But did you catch what he said? Before he leads them in that, he said, the father already knows before you even ask. Could I invite you in your prayer life to simply say, God, you know, what do I need to know in the situation that I'm facing? Speak to me, lead me, as I abide with you. Ask the Lord. Lord, the scriptures say, you know. So what do I need to know? What do you want me to know in what I'm facing? And as he reveals himself to you, will you simply respond? Respond. Will you simply do what he says? And we will prove God's faithfulness in every situation. He takes delight in you. And he takes delight in the one that puts their trust in him. Let us pray. Lord, in a room this size with the number of people that are here, the needs are great. And so, Lord, we stand on your word that says that you know every need present. And yet you still invite us to articulate those requests. But, Lord, since you know, Lord, we want to ask you, what do we need to know? And Lord, as we wait on you, Lord, through your indwelling Holy Spirit, as we hear your voice, enable us to respond in obedience, in confidence to what you say. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.